0: This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm.
1: Youth baseball talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer.
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk, brought to you by The Rope Trainer. As John Smolt says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. Make sure you check them out at theropetrainer.com. It is going to change bullpens all across America, definitely helping kids. I love what they're doing. There's some great stuff going on with them. Make sure you check them out, theropetrainer.com. Good friends over there. John Smolt's such a great guy and really appreciate his uh, efforts with the kids. I mean, he is really, really championing this effort to get the message out to kids about arm health. Uh, this week's show is uh, gonna be a little bit different than some of the shows I've done in the past. And um, the reason being is that we talk a lot on here about um, we talk about uh, you know, how to hit, how to do this, how to do that. We do talk about the mental part of the game and all this. But what I do know is is that the show is is a big part of the relationship between parent and child. It's a big relationship between coach and child. Um, one of those things that happen in life that, that, are, that happens occasionally is that we deal with tragedy, and we have to find a way to get through it. And we have to find a way to – if it, the opportunity presents itself, we have to find a way to learn from it. We talk about life lessons all the time. Kids are naturally drawn to baseball players if they love baseball. We talk about it all the time. Should baseball players be heroes? Should they be guys that are iconic? Should they be looked up to? The reality of it is it really doesn't matter what we think at the end of the day because kids are going to feel that way. Heck, adults feel that way, right? These guys are doing stuff that we want to do so badly and sometimes we can't do. Or for kids, they believe they can do it, and that's a good thing. We want our kids to, to wish. We want our kids to want. We want our kids to, to strive to be the best that they can be. But when a baseball player becomes larger than life for kids, the actions of baseball players, uh, both good and bad, really influence their lives. Now, there's a lot of great things going on out there. There's a lot of unbelievable uh, uh, athletes that do a ton of stuff for kids and that take this role very seriously. There have been athletes in the history of, of of the game that don't want the role and they've come out and said hey I'm not a role model you're the parent you parent your kid I, I think Charles Barkley was famous for saying that I actually agree with him to some extent but I also am going to get my head out of the sand and not act like my son does not love these baseball players he is a he loved Albert Pujols uh, we, I've talked about it at length on the show he had the opportunity to, to stand with him he was his favorite player and then he loved Yadier Molina And part of it was Yachty was Yachty, plus Yachty wore number four, my kid wore number four, and he just fell in love with him. So my point is, if I was to just bury my head in the sand and not act like what Yachty or Albert did, didn't affect my son a little bit, I would be ignorant. And I don't want to do that. Now, it's my job as a parent to uh, fill in on the good stuff, like whenever these guys do great things, say, hey, look at what these guys are doing. You can do this. You can be a big part of your community. And if those guys make a mistake because they're human, it's my job to tell my son, look, they're human. They make mistakes. I guarantee you that if he was here today, he would not want you to make those same mistakes. So when, uh, so when we lose a baseball player like we did this last week, and it's happening far too often these days, it makes me wonder what the message to our young people is. We as coaches, we as trainers, we as parents want to be able to have a conversation with our kids about a lot of things when this happens. Because what do we think? I don't want that to ever happen to my son or my daughter, in whatever the case may be. So how do we approach it? Well, I think we approach it a variety of ways. One of them being that uh, I think we start before the tragedy happens. This is about the relationship that we have with our kids and the way we explain things to them and how we talk about reality with them. Uh, when I started thinking about this subject this week and how I wanted to talk about it, I couldn't think of a better person to reach out to than a guy that I've become friends with. Um, he does a, a Cardinal show with me. I've had him on this show before to talk about his wonderful book. Uh, and if you follow him at all, and if you don't, I encourage you to, and I'll share his stuff with you in a minute. But he is an inspirational guy. He's in it for the right reasons. And I promise you, if you follow him, if you if you at all become engaged with him, you're just going to feel better about life in general. So I want to welcome into the show my good friend, Benji Molina. Benji, how you doing?
3: Well, thank you for having me, man. For me, it's a pleasure to talk about, talk about kids anytime i i have a chance to encourage kids and parents and and anybody out there and to help out i mean it's it's uh it's an honor for me
2: well i, I was i just mentioned to our friends that uh, you and i do a show I mean, your brother is obviously uh, you have two brothers and the story is legendary three brothers in the major leagues all catching an amazing story um your brother in this area would be known very easily as yadi or molina the the cardinals catcher and uh, in my opinion, first ballot Hall of Famer. Your other brother, Jose Molina, is is still working in baseball. You're doing a variety of things. But one of the things you do is you do a St. Louis Cardinals fan show with me and a couple of my friends. And today we addressed uh, the Jordano Ventura passing and, and the other gentleman that's passing because it touched us so close to home here because we had lost Oscar Tavares a couple years ago. And it just feels like this is getting out of hand. It's happening too much. So I started thinking about the effect that this has on kids because kids look up to you guys, and I couldn't think of a better guy to reach out to than you because if anybody follows you, and I suggest you do, at Benji Molina 1 is his Twitter handle, and you can find him on Facebook as well. You spend a lot of time spreading a great message to people uh, that you've never met, just about the positive things in life and how you, should, how you should act and how you should be. It's almost something that you feel like is, is you've been asked to do. And it's not something you have to do. It's just something you want to do. So I couldn't think of a better person to bring on today if we were going to touch some young people's lives and make a positive influence in than you.
3: Thank you, man. I, You know what? I, I can tell you, honestly, um, I always thought that it's really easy to turn your face to a problem or, or any situations that you don't want to deal with. Uh, it's very easy. It's the same as easy as as it's easier to criticize somebody than it is to price somebody or, or, or say that he's good or something, you know, and it's, it's, that's the way I see it in my head. So I don't want to be the one that turns our head on it. I want to be the one that, that people could say, I'm tired of him being so positive. I'm tired. I mean, I'm good with that. I'll live with that. The reason I do it, it's very simple. Uh, and for a lot of kids out there when you when you when you try to become a leader a leader in anything you do in anything you do in this case i'm going to talk about me when i was growing up i always was aware that my two brothers were coming behind me um, i didn't want them to see me smoking drinking Uh, doing the wrong thing, going to parties and coming out, coming home late, uh, misbehaving with my parents, uh, any, any of that, I did not want them to see me doing, because imagine if if they see me doing it and then you have two other kids doing it to your mom and dad, first of all, it's not going to go right. It's not going to go good in your household. So that, when I come in and said, you know what, I can if I can touch a life, if I can touch one life out there by my messages, and I do because I get my response from people. Wow, Benji, uh, thank you so much. I needed, I needed this one today, and I don't even know this person. I don't even know where they live. I don't even know where they're from. But, you know, I don't, I don't know, and and they write to me saying, wow, I needed this one today. I'm pumped up. Man, you made a difference. you know, you made a difference. So for me, that's where I come from with all these messages, and I hope I get people tired of it because'm I'm, I'm doing something right, you know, I'm do, I'm trying to help out, especially these kids these days that it's hard for them for some reason, to understand an advice, to understand a message, to understand what their parents are about. It's hard for them to understand. That what they're living right now, their parents live it many years ago. and but I don't know for some reason for them, uh, their parents don't know anything, you know they they don't know what they're talking about. So I think it's very important for those kids to understand if you are going to have success in life, and it doesn't matter, doctor, uh, lawyer, uh, baseball player, basketball player, if you're gonna have success in life, you better listen to your parents, and you better listen to advice, and you better listen without without the push of answering, but the push of understanding what they're saying. You know what I mean? So, I think that's the biggest thing for the kids. The kids these days, you you try to give them an advice, and they already have an answer for you before you finish. No, keep your keep your uh, mouth shut. Listen to the advice, analyze it, understand it. And if you don't have to say anything, don't say anything. But you understand it. So that's very important on these kids. And I'm glad you guys are doing this show because a lot of kids they need to hear these things. And believe me, the kids out there uh, and, and any any age, um, any success story in baseball, in this case, because that's where, where I play, but in any sport, they have the parents. They have their backup of their parents. You have to have that or any success Uh, in this case I have my two parents but in many cases players don't have their parents they don't have their dad or they don't have their mom Uh, that's that's even tougher for the kids but you can still do it you can still listen to your mom all the time because she's always good for you so these these things that I do Twitter Instagram Facebook I'm not doing it for me I don't want attention I don't want followers. I want, I want followers of God. I want followers of Jesus. I want followers of the good things out there. I want followers of positive inputs. I want followers of successful people and, and helpful people for the world. That's what I really want. So that's why I do it.
2: Well, it's good stuff. I mean, I find myself, you know, reading your stuff and think, it makes me think, you know, we talk so much on here about baseball and the playing side of it, but we also do talk a lot about life lessons. And those life lessons that we work with, with on kids is about growing up. I mean, at the end of the day, I've said it before on here, what do we really want out of this? Do we really want a great baseball player or do we want a great kid and a great young man and a great man or a great daughter, great lady, great woman? Those are the things at the end of the day that we should be very conscious about. So when given the opportunity – to take something, whether, again, I, I don't want to make this all bad, right? Like, this is a tragic situation. We've lost another young life, an energetic baseball player that a lot of kids looked up to. We've lost him way too soon. But the reality is, I mentioned it earlier, there's a lot of guys just like yourself, just like your brothers, just like all your friends and things like that, that are doing amazing things out there. I wonder if we talk about those things enough with our kids. I, you know, Where's the influence at? What are we, what are we talking about here? And what is our ultimate goal? Those are the things that I always challenge both parents and coaches and even the players as they get old enough to understand it. I challenge them with, hey, what are you really doing here? Like, what is your end goal here? There's no problem with having an end goal of, I I say it all the time, heck, yeah, you should want to play in the major leagues. Why wouldn't you? And anybody that tells you you can't, just look at them and say, just watch me. That's how life should be. Okay, there's a big difference between dreaming and being irrational. Wanting to be a big league baseball player, there's nothing wrong with that. And we as parents are too quick to say, well, that's stupid.
3: There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. And and to your point, you can do both and be really, really good people. You could be the best guy out there. You could be a a humble kid. You could be a helpful kid. You can help out communities, like we're saying. You could be the best guy. Jim Tomey is one of the best guys I ever met in baseball, Uh, David Eckstein. Uh, I could I could keep going on and on in baseball, and and they are professional baseball players. They are successful people. They are MVPs. They're they're the top. You know, they're at the top of their game. They're making good money. They're making a good living, and they still nice people. They still humble people. So it, it, it doesn't matter where you come from. You have to you have that choice. You have that choice. Do you make that choice or you or or do you go in another route? It's, it's up to you. But one of the things that the parents could do to the kids, and this is very important, I think my dad did with us, uh, and he helped us out, it's take your kid uh, or your daughter or your boy, whatever it is, just, just take him out there and say, hey, let's help out. Let's help out these kids right here. Let's go to the foster home or let's go to, to somewhere where they're needed and take him with you so he can understand what you're doing is great. And then he'll follow your lead. He'll be one of those guys that he'll say, oh, wow, my dad, wow. And everybody's loving my dad. Man, I could do that, man. I can help out one guy. I can help out here. And and you know what? I think it makes a difference. But a lot of of times when you don't have a backup of a parent, it's really hard on the kids. But if you can take him everywhere you go and say, hey, listen. Let me stop right here. I want to say hi to these kids right here and take them to the hospital and say, hey, I give you support, and I hope you get better soon. And you know, and let them see it from you as a parent. And then we'll have better kids out there because they'll follow. The kids will follow the dads, man, and the mom. They'll follow. So if you show them the ropes, if you show them the, the, the right way to do it, I bet you anything they'll be right behind you, man. They will do it.
2: You know, I always have wondered: is at any time in your life did you ever kind of ask yourself, "Why do these people care so much what I think or if I come visit them?" I mean, was that a human thought for you? Like, who cares if I come visit you in a hospital? Who cares if I give you words of encouragement? Did you ever wonder why people looked up to you guys, or, or did you understand it from the beginning?
3: I I got it from the beginning. I saw my dad helping so many kids, and, and Jimbo. We had. I started playing when I was five. And Yari too, and Hosey, and and my dad was the uh, manager, you know, obviously, and he didn't come to me, he didn't the whole practice, he didn't come to me, the whole practice, he was helping out older kids, like teaching them how to bunt or teaching them how to hit or or running the bases, and I, you think I'm not gonna look at my dad? That's my dad, man. I was looking at him like, wow, and all the kids are looking at him eyes wide open trying to listen to Benjamin because he was giving us giving them advice and I'm like wow so that's when it starts that's when my ha- in my heart that's when it really starts you know, everybody's talking about my dad how great he is as a person I was seeing it with my own eyes you know so it was easy for me to follow that lead and, and, and the case of, of people not listening to you that's not your problem that's not your problem in your head your problem and your and your reality is to be a nice person in the world, to help out somebody, to go out to, to encourage some people. You know how many guys I, I, I in, in baseball I try to help, and I didn't see them interested in my help? I saw many of them. But that didn't stop me from helping him. You know, I didn't stop. I said, you know what, one day he might get it, one day. One day he might get my point. One day he might do it. And he might never done it. But inside of us, inside of me, I'm doing the right thing because I'm helping him. I'm trying to make him better. If he doesn't want to listen, now he has to deal with himself for that one. But, but in my case, I don't turn my face into it. You know what I mean? Like I don't, turn my, I don't turn my face and say, oh, well, the hell with you, man. You do whatever you want. No, I keep helping and helping. Hopefully one day he'll open his eyes and say, wow. That was great, man. I did it, and it was great. so that's that's the mentality we got to have as a human being
2: well, again, I you know for these kids and and young men, one of the things that we've talked about, and you and I've had a conversation with our fellow uh, co-host on the other show, sometimes major league baseball you know and and i and I would be shocked if Major League Baseball didn't start acting and it not I don't know what they can do, but they'll try to figure out a way to help because this is crazy right that this is happening and in my opinion a way too common rate so you would think major league baseball come out and and say okay we have to address this cuz people are paying attention and they'll do something positive right they'll do something but the reality of it is for us we look at the, how do we do these types of things with the people that we affect in our lives and it's kids you know how do you broach this topic what do you say to to a young man who maybe you've noticed is, is, you know, maybe a little too much on the edge. Hey, you know, you might want to calm down a little bit. You know, these are the things that are conversations that I know you've had with people in the past. But one of the things that we've talked about at length is that when they do this a lot of times, the people they're talking to are older kids. I mean, I'm talk, when I say a kid to me is 19, 20 years old, so I'm thinking of minor leagues. But the reality of it is some of these kids have already established some bad habits. Well, we've talked about it. If you want to nip bad habits in the bud, you got to go to the you got to go to the barrel, right? You got to go to the tree. So for for us as parents, you know, how do we have these conversations with such young kids and yet make the effect on them that it's lasting?
3: Jimbo, it's really it's really important for us, and this is one of my reason one of my uh, solutions. It's really important for us as parents to teach their respect from home, to teach their respect at a young level, at a young age. If we don't teach respect for 12 years, 10 years, 13 years, 14 years, how do you want to impose respect to your kid when he's already 14, 15, 16? He doesn't have the respect. You know what I mean? So in this case, we have, to, we have to enforce the respect part and, and the being humble and, and understanding helping others is great and, and the relationship with God and relationship with Jesus and all that stuff. We have to enforce it to young guys at a young age, like around since they're born until five, six Seven and keep going and it's easier in the later ages but I have cousins I have my cousin. there's a few cousins that don't respect their mother don't respect their dad but guess what they're going downhill they're going downhill but it's it's mom and dad's fault because I saw it with my own eyes when, when he was from, from 1 to 10 he was doing whatever he wanted and the dad and mom never correct him from doing that, you know what I mean? So it's easier for him from 10 to 15 to 20 to do whatever the heck he wanted because that's why he was growing with. But if you, on the other hand, I've seen a lot of my cousins too, and I have a lot of cousins, and I've seen that my cousins, uh, many of them that are really well behaved, and they respect the elders, they respect the teachers, they respect the parents, they respect everybody, but it's because... The moment that took time from, from zero to 10 years old to 15 years old, and they still enforcing it. So in this day and age, if you don't enforce respect, if you don't enforce the well-behaviors, if you don't enforce any of that when they're young, do not expect them to get it when they're 15 because it won't happen. So that's, that's the good thing that we, we have to think about on these kids as a parent you know, we have to teach him early so they can follow these things and say, oh, wow, no, the respect. This is very important. And all of a sudden you have a 17-year-old that is a it's a great person. It's a great guy. Hey, Mr. So-and-so, hey, how you doing? Good to meet you. And and the real nice, thank you so much, and things like that because you took your time. You took time from you and dedicated it to your kids when they were really young. And that's, that's the, one of the keys that we need to take care of these kids these days.
2: You know, and we as coaches, too, need to reiterate these things in the way that we handle kids, whether it's – and listen, this is is a youth baseball show, but this goes to any sport. You know, if we as coaches don't also try to teach them respect and demand respect, I see way too many kids that are the, quote-unquote, really good players at a young age get away with stuff because – the coaches don't want to upset them. And here's the thing. I've, ha- I've asked coaches numerous times, guys that I've become friends with over the years, that I felt comfortable asking kind of, and, and this sounds silly to say about youth baseball, kind of off the record, but I knew I had to ask them that way because I kind of already knew the answer. I used to say to them, I noticed that you've got a kid on your team that does this, and then or another guy'd say, "I notice you got a kid on your team likes to throw a tantrum," or I t- I notice you got a kid over here that doesn't paint any – You know, I would ask these guys this when I would see this, and here was the alarming thing to me, Benji. To a man, each one of them said, "Well, I got to kind of walk a fine line there." Well, what do you mean you got to walk a fine line there? The kid's being disrespectful. He's not listening to you. He's not doing what you ask him to do. He's not doing this. And I would say, I know. I, I'm not a dummy. I can tell he's your best player. And this was the alarming thing. The answer is always, well, I tried that with him, but then the parents get involved and they get upset at me because they tell me it's not my job to discipline their kid. Just coach him.
3: Holy crap. Holy crap. That's going to be a mess later. And let me tell you this, man. For example, if if you have a guy that gets struck out on a bat ball because you know – It was a ball, and the umpire missed it, and and he called it a strikeout. Wow, wow, you're out, and you have a kid throwing helmets and throwing a bat and being yelling at the umpire, and then you have a parent out in in the fence, you know, in the stands, yelling at the umpire because he missed the call. No. You want to teach your kid? You want to make him learn the right way to play the game, and you want to make him be a great person? You go to your kid and you say, listen, if you throw the helmet one more time, you're out of this game and you're not going to play. Or whatever it is, you know, consequences. And you tell him you don't never yell at the umpire, you'll never throw a helmet, you'll never throw a bat, and you go sit down in that bench. See? You want to teach him that? Or you want to be the parent that goes out even teaching your kid that it's okay to yell at the umpire, because I'm yelling at the umpire in the stands anyway. Because, oh, you suck, uh, Blue, you suck because you call this ball. We already know. Now, teach him, teach your kid a lesson, and teach your kid how to behave by being a good parent. And that's what we mean. If you don't have that, you're going to have those loose, those loose, loose, parents out there, and the loose, screws kids out there that they don't know how to behave. And in high school, they think, it's okay to yell at the umpire because so the, the parents didn't take the time to teach him a lesson, to teach him how to really done it. You know, go to the bench and say, hey, listen, he missed the call, but that doesn't give you a right to yell at any umpire. That's the law out there. You be quiet, pick up your helmet, you never throw it again. You never throw that back. And that, those are the things that teach the kids the right way. But we don't have that, like you said. We have the parents that, and the coaches, and the coaches, because I've been there and and the coaches that say oh that's my best player i cannot afford to lose him well guess what my dad lost so many best players but in 3 years we had the best players because right. in 3 years nobody nobody came in because oh benjamin he doesn't take crap from anybody no no it wasn't that he doesn't take crap from anybody it's that he was trying to teach us the right way Respect the respect the umpires, respect your parents, and if you don't respect, you don't play on Sunday. Respect the teachers, have good grades, and if you don't do it, you don't have you don't you don't play on Sunday. Um, come to practice Tuesdays and Thursdays, and if you don't come to practice Tuesday, you miss one game. If you don't come to practice on both days, you don't play on Sunday. But you have to show. I mean, those are rules. Those are things that are teaching us to be a better person. But if we have guys and parents that don't follow that and, and coaches that doesn't enforce it, then you have those kids that you can deal with. It. You, they're going to become a problem for you for, for years. You know, that's what, that's the reality of it.
2: Benji, I got to tell you, it sounds to me like, uh, and you and I've had so many conversations off the air about a lot of things, your book. And I encourage, every, and, and, and we've had, we had so many great comments from listeners that went out and read your book and everything. If you're, if you're new to the show or you didn't do it last time, I encourage you to go out and buy the book Molina, a tribute to to his family, his father and, and, and the family unit and how it happened, uh, the great story of the Molina brothers and in the, in the MLB. But the reality of it is, Benji, I know, I, I mean, I almost feel like you should have a little segment on my show each week just talking about the things that we need to do with these kids and, and, and helping to raise good people instead of just baseball players. Because at the end of the day, there are so many things that we could talk about and how they, um, how they look up to us and how they need us sometimes to not be a fan, but they need us to be a dad or they need us to be a coach and a coach and a dad sometime, uh, we have to we have to lay the law down a little bit. We have to set an example.: yeah, you,
3: know, you know one of the biggest problems that the youth baseball has these days is is that the parents are looking at their kids as Derek Jeter. And they're only ten years old, and they're like, "Oh man, that's a Derek Jeter right there. He has to play shortstop." Or they're "Oh man, that's Pudge. You got to put him at uh, catching." Oh wow, that's Royer Clemens or whoever. That's what their parents are vision. That's what their vision is. That's how they looking at their kid. They're forgetting that they're ten years old, and they need training, and they still need six more years of hard work from them that's what they're forgetting that's what they're not looking at we never thought we had our favorite players growing up of course that's okay but we my dad never said oh wow you look like Roberto Clemente man what the heck he never would say that because we're not Roberto Clemente at nine years old 10 years old 11 years old so the parents are trying to live this life from from the kid oh man that kid is oh wow that is crazy man that's manny machado at third he's not manny machado dude he's nine years old he is who he is right now and you still have years of backing him up take him to practice uh practice with him uh all these things teaching respect teaching the the good way of living and all that stuff going to school all that and that's where these parents these days do not understand, man. As soon as they understand that they don't they don't have an A rod and they don't have a whoever, Mike Trout in the outfield, they don't have him. That's not Mike Trout out there. You might I might be your best player or whatever, favorite player. That's not Mike Trout. That's your kid out there at ten years old, dude. Eleven years old. He's still got years to work at it, you know? Like a perfect example, my cousin in, in New Jersey from Molina Baseball. Uh, he's a catcher. He's one of the best catchers. He, he's, I mean, he's awesome. He almost lost his sight. He had glaucoma, and we always try to help him. And, and he's my, like my son. And he's one of the best, but like, he's a freak about baseball. He's a freak. He knows every baseball player. He, knows, he has like 20 favorite players. He knows MLB Network. He knows everything. And one day I told him, I said, What are you doing? Oh, I'm trying to hit like this guy. What? Yeah, I'm trying to hit like this guy because he's good. So I try to hit. I said, Come on, come on. Hold, hold on one second. And his name is Jedier instead of Yadier, Jedier with the E. So I said, Come here. And I said, You are yourself, buddy. You have a chance to become yourself. You have a chance to become you instead of Yadi Molina. No, Yadier. This is you, buddy. Work hard and be yourself. At, and this is when he was 12 years old, I'm like, 12 years old, and you're trying to copy a major, play, major league player? No, man, be yourself. And a lot of parents, they get caught up in that. They want him to pitch because they want them to be uh, whoever, you know, Mariano Rivera. And they're not. They're not. As soon as us as parents realize what we have and how old they are, and we trying to make them be themselves, that's when everything's going to get better. But as, as you have, I'm sure you've seen it, you have the, the shortstop, the, the parents want him at short, the parent wants him as a as a f- a fourth batter, and the parents want him as a closer. No, dude, you play whatever you're good at. That's where you're going to be at. And you know what I mean? So a lot of parents... That's where it starts. That's, I mean, not 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 the whole problem, Jimbo. Not the whole problem, but but I think it's it's it starts with the parents, you know, outside the game instead of inside.
2: Well, I got to tell you, there's not a better guy I could call and ask to come on to talk about these life lessons that we need to need to do with our kids. And Benji, I got to be honest with you, I'm 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 going to pull you into this show too. I mean, I think. uh, uh, having you on as often as I can to to let people hear the message that you have to to to, to share, and let's face it, in this world, you played at the highest level. Um, you've been through it. You've came from you know like a lot of people, you know, and it's documented. You know, you come from Puerto Rico. You come up here with you know with with don't even have shoes or a glove, and the next thing you know, you know you're a, a World Series uh, winner and a and a Gold Glove catcher in the major leagues, and, and along with your brothers and. The reality of it is you've got a great message my man so i'm going to keep leaning on you to come on here and spread it
3: yeah you know what a lot of times it helps uh, uh, to have the fans write to you as an email or write to you as a show and have their questions. maybe their parents have some questions and you can add up to that and, and that way we touch every every aspect of the game out there you know and that's the key of of us having the shows it's just to help out as many kids as we can, man. And, and like you said, we might not help out 100%, but, but, man, sure, we can get close to that, you know?
2: Well, I appreciate you, my man, and I thank you for coming on this week.
3: You got it, man. Thank you for having me.
2: Nope, anytime. That is my good friend and yours, uh, Benji Molina, and I encourage you, as I've said to everybody, if you're not following him on Twitter, you're doing yourself a disservice. Make sure you go to at Benji Molina one. Uh, find him on Facebook as well. Benji Molina on there. There's two different sites. You'll you'll know the one you need to follow. But uh, the stuff that he <clears throat> that he touches on is really, really important things as far as how we should be relating uh, and how we should be handling this stuff. Again, if, I'm sure if we want to talk to Benji about catching or hitting or doing like that, he'd be happy to do that. But sometimes we got to talk about are we handling kids the right way? And he's a great resource for that. Uh, again, I encourage you Buy the book, Molina. It's a great book. I'm uh, going to take a short break. Uh, when we get back, we'll hear from uh, from a couple of my my cohorts in crime. Uh, before we do, I want to remind you the show is not possible without my good friend Earl Perrin and the group over at the Rope Trainer. Make sure you check out theropetrainer.com. Endorsed by John Smoltz and uh, legendary trainer Chris Verna. As John Smoltz says, everyone should have one. From big leaguers to little leaguers, get yours today. It is changing the way that we warm up. It's changing the way that we save young arms. Make sure you check it out, trainer.com. We'll be right back. Today's show is presented by DaVinci Smart Drink. Order yours now at lineupmedia.fm forward slash DaVinci. DaVinci, excite better thinking.
0: You Need a mental boost? DaVinci Smart Drinks were designed with professional thinkers in mind. With key ingredients shown to improve cognitive function and increase mental energy, DaVinci Smart Drinks excite better thinking. Drink a DaVinci, let it go to your head.
2: Attention coaches, parents, and student athletes. Here at Youth Baseball Talk, one of the most common emails we receive from mom and dad are about the college recruitment and selection process. Far too often, these emails do not have happy endings. Let me tell you about our friend Mark Lineweaver in Perfect Placement. Perfect Placement identifies and helps you with important decision-making factors which are way too often overlooked in the college recruitment process. Such as, is it the right student body size for you? Is it a comfortable proximity from your home? Do they offer your desired field of study? How about extracurricular activities that interest you? And of course, the proper level of competition for your skill set. Once they've identified these factors, they will contact those colleges and speak directly to the coaching staff in an effort to help you. To learn more about Perfect Placement, simply check out their website, perfectplacement.com. That's placement with a Y. To contact them, you can email them at info at perfectplacement.com. Remember, that's placement with a Y. Call 310-921-8669 for more information. That's 310-921-8669. Perfect Placement, specializing in assisting your student athlete. Uh, thanks for sticking with us through the break there. And again, special thanks to the rope com. can't, ha- can't do the show without them. Uh, make sure uh, to check out elite tv too. I had the opportunity last week to, uh, to sit in on the convention in town here and see Justin Stone speak again. Uh, it was amazing. I, I One of my favorite things to do is, is when I go to watch coaches and parents and leaders of, and trainers, the way they act like they're in school, it's, it is just phenomenal. And you know, I've asked Justin about this before, and I've asked all the other guys before, and the way they tell sometimes if they really reached people was they do their bit, and they talk, and they, 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 they whatever it is they're going to talk about, and then afterwards when they tell people how to follow them or how to get to where they have something, a lot of times they'll be like, you know, sometimes we say it, and we look out, and nobody's writing, nobody's doing anything. He goes, and then, you know, what you're looking for is a lot of people writing it down or taking notes or doing whatever. Well, I was in the very back of the room. And all these people were watching Justin. And when he got done, he said, hey, you know, you can learn all this and more at EliteBaseball.tv. And I mean to tell you, the whole room stopped, grabbed a notepad, wrote it down. People were videoing him with their phones, and he was telling them, you can follow me at EliteBaseball on Twitter. I mean to tell you, he is an engaging guy that you could learn a whole lot from by just checking out EliteBaseball.tv. So uh, without waiting any longer, let's hear from my friend and yours. Uh, Great topic this week, something I've been talking to my son about about your routine, you got to have a routine. This game's really hard. Um, give yourself your best chance. You know, you want to build an approach into your BP routine. What are you doing? I, I say it all the time. Before you get in the batter's box to hit BP, what are
0: you doing in there? Are we just getting there swinging, or are we working? So let's hear from the man himself. Thanks, Jim. This is Justin Stone with EliteBaseball.tv coming to you with the tip of the week. And as we inch closer to the season, we're coming out of a stage, which I really call mechanics time or the mechanics phase of our training, where I said everything up to the new year, I want to focus on the body. I want players to understand how their body works with their specific style and swing sequence. So when we do this and we're working T and we're doing front toss, I really don't harp on players much about their approach. I want them to really try to handle just about anything I throw and that doesn't mean swing at every single pitch that I throw up there, but I want them to see and understand for themselves what pitches on home play and around the strike zone they handle well and get an understanding of which pitches they don't handle as well. So when we get to this time of the year and I start slowly implementing approach, Players should have a clear understanding of what their strength is on the plate, knowing that every player is going to be stronger on one side of the plate than the other. And most of the time if you ask even big league hitters, they like the ball out away from them just slightly more. So generally as a right-handed hitter, my strength is going to be slightly off-center to the opposite field side. So when we do this in our front toss scenarios now, I want to implement approach first by simulating a one strike count because the majority of the pitches that we hit in batting practice, very rarely does the coach designate a count, and then we're just free swinging. And again, I said, that's okay up to January 1, where we start to prepare for more in-game at bats, but now if the coach does not designate a count, we always assume it's a one strike count. And these would include the counts of 0-1, 1-1, and 2-1, because 3 is its own specific different animal. But 0-1, 1-1, and 2-1, I should be attacking balls that I can stay in the big part of the field. So I'm looking to stay gap to gap in my normal BP approach on a ball that I can hit in the air. So if I can't hit that ball in the air, nor keep it in the big part of the field from left fielder to right fielder, then I don't want that pitch. So every ball that I get thrown to me now in a batting practice situation, there's a pitch recognition decision and a pitch selection to be made. I have to see out of the pitcher's hand, is this ball in my hitting zone? And if it is, of course, we're hitting it from gap to gap. Everyone out of the pitcher's hand, I'm thinking is gonna be there. Our intent is to hit every single pitch. And then I just put on the brakes late if it's not there. By doing this scenario of always implementing a zero, or excuse me, a one strike count into our normal BP mode, it makes it much easier then to teach approach further into the count. So if we have a zero strike approach, which is 0-0, 1-0, 2-0, or 3-1, it becomes a lot easier to teach because our players already have an understanding of what they handle well and how to keep a ball in the big part of the field and what pitch they need to do to hit that. So in reality, our zero strike approach and our one strike approach isn't totally different. I'm not looking for a perfect pitch in a zero strike count. I'm anticipating a good pitch in the big part of the plate that I could keep big part of the field. So in zero and one strike, I end up excluding the fringe of the strike zone. So no corners, no bottom at the knees, no top, unless that specific hitter has a strength in one of those areas on the fringe of the zone. And then we get into our two-strike approach, which will be a whole nother podcast for us. Again, it makes it easier to understand what I need to do to be successful in any count, specifically a two-strike one, if I already have some basis and understanding of approach. So when we're working now, underhand toss and we're getting to our overhand timing work, it's not just about feeling our and mechanics, it's not just about getting our timing, tempo, and style to all match up, we're working approach in every single pitch, even if the coach doesn't designate a count, Because we're always assuming it's a one strike count unless told otherwise. So this is a way to incorporate pitch selection, pitch recognition into your normal timing, flip work, and mechanical work this time of year. For more tips like this and to see our extended approach, come visit us at EliteBaseball.tv. And until next week, I'm Justin Stone and we'll see you on the field.
2: Good stuff as always from from Justin. And again, I encourage everybody, EliteBaseball.tv, that is where you want to be. Uh, let's hear from my good friend Rick Strickland now uh, with his Ask Rick segment, which is brought to you by uh, Blast Motion and, of course, uh, Rick Strickland Baseball, his St. Louis Pirates Baseball Club is where my young son's at. and I learn something every time I go in there. Rick is is about as innovative as they come uh, when it comes to hitting and teaching the game of baseball, and I uh, feel very fortunate to bring uh, bring you his thoughts on some of our questions each and every week. So let's hear from him on this week's Ask Rick segment.
1: Hey, Jim. Hope you're having a great week. Thanks again for having me back on the show. Um, always excited to come in and answer a few questions and provide a little bit of insight here on the Blast Motion, uh, Rick Strickland Baseball and Performance uh, uh, Minute that you give to us. Uh, I think the question of the week today was, uh, my son is the number one catcher on his high school team but also wants to pitch. Is that a recipe for disaster? It's it's kind of a question that is... Um, You know, I would need to know more information about that. Um, We know that throughout baseball there's a number of guys and gals out there who catch and they also pitch. And they may be able to do it without, you know, hurting, severely hurting themselves doing it. Uh, One of the things I see that may be problematic for being a two-way guy, especially when you're playing summer travel ball where you're... um, playing two games a day or things like that, I've seen a number of occasions where a guy would catch one game and then go in and start, it had that happen to us before, and the kid's arm was was hurt for a few weeks uh, afterwards. Uh, just a lot of wear and tear on, on that particular individual, a lot of throws that are being made on that particular day. In high school, it's a little bit different because you don't always play doubleheaders. Uh, you usually have a day off in between, and more importantly, if you have a high school program that it has a very capable um, second catcher. Yeah, as long as that catcher can can catch maybe a game or two in between to give you that added rest that you actually need uh, between um, appearances, I think that'd be okay. The issue you may have is is trying to pitch and then maybe even coming into a ball game at the same moment. Uh, I mean, not the same moment, but basically the same instance that you pitch. Uh, that could be bothersome and troublesome at that time. But there are a number of people out there that have uh, taken the ball Uh, And pitched at a high level rate and gotten and then caught behind a plate. Uh, I don't know that Buster Posey caught uh, when he was in high school. I do know that he pitched and played shortstop. Don't know whether or not the catching part of it came uh, sooner or later, but uh, there's a number of instances, and you can go back in time where catchers have actually uh, also pitched, but not on a day in and day out basis. So that's my chime in for the question of the week, Jim, about. About that, I wanted to make mention that we're having our Swing Rehab Camp over President's Day. For those folks who may be interested in that, please reach out to us. Uh, If you have any questions, I'm looking forward to next week when I get, you know, these great questions that have been coming my way back in, and hopefully I can provide some insight to it. Uh, Again, Rick Strickland, I can be reached at uh, uh, Rick at rick.sandlotelite.com or check out our website at sandlotelite.com. Thanks, Jim. Look forward to talking to you next week.
2: Well, I feel like I learn something every week, especially when I listen to those two guys talk. So thanks a lot, Rick. We really appreciate it. And thanks again to Blast Motion uh, for bringing us Rick Strickland each and every week. Uh, Great show this week. It was a message that I felt needed to be talked about. Um, Sometimes we wonder, you know, where should we go? How deep should we get with kids when we start talking about this stuff? But the reality of it is it's stuff that has to be talked about. I'm sorry. Um, There are life lessons that come out of tragedy that if we don't take the opportunity to talk about – uh, we may find ourselves dealing with those same tragedies someday wishing we would have covered it. And we just didn't. There's a lot of great parents out there, a lot of great things going on with kids. Uh, but again, I, I can't stress to you enough how we have to have to figure out a way to get through to young people, just how precious life is uh, just how uh, we need to go about doing things, just how important it is to be a good person as much as it is to be a good baseball player. That's the message we want to uh, share with you from this week. I hope Hope it was well received. And, of course, as always, I appreciate any of your comments, questions, or or concerns. I'm receiving more and more emails every day. Uh, In fact, some days they're a little overwhelming. So, believe me, I'll try to get back to you guys. Uh, I know I've missed a few over time because, you know, you're busy one day and you don't get to the emails. And then the next day you get more and you try to go back. So, I apologize. Keep messaging me messaging me even if you haven't heard back from me I promise you I'll get to you I just sent one back to a guy the other day and I'm like I don't know how he missed this it was from like a month or two ago but the reality of it is I do like them. info at youthbaseballtalk.com is where you can reach me there uh, in the email make sure you check out youthbaseballtalk.com it's an opportunity for you to to listen to this current show and of course catch up on back episodes what I like most about my show is that you can go back to the very first episode that I ever did and learn something. One thing you'll learn is, is that even though I'm not an, uh, an expert today or I'm not a perfect interviewer, I'm probably better than I was a couple years ago. So uh, I like to listen to those as well. Of course, the easiest way to stay in tune with what we're doing is just subscribe to the show. It is the easiest thing to do, and you can do that through the website at youthbaseballtalk.com. And, of course, Twitter is such a big thing for us, at Podcast Baseball is where you'll find us there. And, of course, on Facebook at youthbaseballtalk.com. Uh, For Youth Baseball Talk, for our loyal friends at lineupmedia.fm, and for my producer, Brian, I'm Jim Cromer.
1: We will see you next week. Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at youthbaseballtalk.com, facebook.com slash youthbaseballtalk or on Twitter at PodcastBaseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm. This
0: podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.